Good morning, everyone. Hello. Sunday morning. Bright Drinking and a coffee again, man. I know, yeah. It's the Sunday morning usual, though, isn't it? Yeah. Bit of coffee, you know what I mean? It's all good. It's all good in the hood. You can't be a real, like, not like a freeze-dried, like, instant coffee. No, nah, it's pile of shite, isn't it, really? It's got to be plungers. Yeah, it's got to be a plunger. Leave it plunge. Leave it plunge. Lovely. Um, have you uh, had a good week yet, Rob? How's it been? Any good? Yeah, it's been okay. I've, I've, um, the usual, you know, working hard, doing the, doing what I need to do to live, you know what I mean? I went to the dentist on Tuesday or Wednesday, and uh, I was in there for, for like literally two seconds. It was it was nothing. I couldn't believe it. It's like 20-odd quid, and I was in there for f- probably four minutes. But while they were like looking in my mouth, it, I don't know why, but I was lying there trying to... You, it's not distract, but you just get bored, don't you? And the, the lady had a, was obviously putting her fingers in my mouth and I was a good old rummage around. And I was thinking that's such a, like a, a personal part of your body yeah. to be like having played with, with someone else. Like, she finger blasts with them fingers. That's what I was thinking. Finger blasts your mouth. That's what I was thinking, man. She, wh- what do you use them fingers for? I mean, I know you've got gloves on, but how clean are they? How if, I, if I was the do- um, doctor... I suppose they yeah, are. They are, yeah. aren't they? Doctor, um, teeth doctors. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd every cus- every customer, I'd, I'd on purpose put my finger right down the throat and like, make a gag, and, then, and it's just a little bit of a gag, and then go sorry ev- to everyone. <laughs> there was a point where uh, like they were doing something, I don't know what they were doing, just having a look around, and like like saliva and that was like pointing at the back of my, my throat, and I'm like, and I thought I'm gonna cough in a minute. It's gonna be like a power. <laughs> <laughs> it's just squirt into yeah. It's terrifying. I haven't, I haven't been to the dentist since I was probably about 15. So right. Really? Seriously. I haven't been for, what, 15, 16 years. So right. Probably just haven't bothered. There, probably no, my mouth's fine. Is it? Yeah. I can it is it. at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I'll be saying that next week and I'll come on. That's a fucking tough ache. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crumble your teeth out while you're yeah. eating a sandwich or something. Yeah. I, was, I need to go, to the be fair. You should do. Invest in your teeth. There was a geezer as well at the in the queue when and an opticians. I haven't been to an opticians for. Ah, but right, that's I, went, I, I went to one when I was. I think it was twenty two. That was when after I got my face kicked in. Oh so, yeah. So just to make sure my eyes were fine, and they were like, "Yeah, it's a fucking bad one." They were fine. Yeah. Well, good. I, I was in the queue waiting to pay, and there was a geezer in front of me, and uh, the woman said, "There's three pounds sixty outstanding on your account from last time," and he did not want to pay, and he was like, "What are you on about?" I'm like, mate, come on, it's like it's three pounds sixty. Yeah. About five minutes later, we're still arguing the toss to her. And I thought, should I just shall I pay? It's three quid, mate. Get over yourself. <laughs> Oliver Chong, thanks for the email, dude. Cisco Grove UFO incident, fucking crazy. Yeah, he recommends that um, we should cover that. And it's apparently some geezer was in the woods or something, and uh, he got attacked by <laughs> by. Um, some form I don't know if it's like a UFO or I don't know what it is but he got attacked overnight and had to hide up a tree while these things <laughs> I was like that Brilliant. is yeah. right up our street yeah, yeah, yeah. we're 100% doing that yeah. cool man uh, Uke Dudley what up man uh, Craig Shipley Big Sam Bradley and Pistol Pete Meredith. Pistol Pete pow pow Kim as well Kim yeah, still haven't got your stickers Kim I can't that's not I can't do anything about that at the moment there's a certain Australian podcast that has your address. They've been lazy and they can't be asked to do it. <laughs> so you might have to, I don't know who they could possibly be, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah, man, I'm Ben, big Ben, how's it going? Oh, thanks for, let- <laughs> <laughs> thanks for letting us know about the volume. Did you notice that? You no, I didn't, didn't listen to it, so I didn't know. I I saw um, some of the comments, but um, yeah. I, I, I didn't listen to it, so I, I don't know. That's the thing, because we don't, I mean, we're not, 
like sitting about listening. We don't record these and go, oh, I know. Let's listen to Let's them. Let's sit here listening, masturbating to ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once it's done, it's done and yeah, we forget yeah. about it. We put it on, Get on to the next about one, it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, it's, it's in the past. So if the, anything crops up, you, there's something like, right, let us know because we won't know otherwise. Yeah. We haven't got a fucking clue. Like, other than like Savile episode being a bastard, but whatever. Yeah. That's it's gone. Yeah. So um, I think it was just being drunk that I didn't, I faded volumes out or something. So apologies, people. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, well. Jamie and Adam, what up, man? And Emily Barnes on Facebook. Uh, have I got anything else to say? Have you got anything you want to cover um, in our half-assed intros? I'll, sp- I'll probably say hi to Ad. And um, thanks mm. for uh, uh, letting us possibly use your music in uh, some of the outros and intros and stuff. Um, but we won't be doing it on this one, probably, but we will. We'll look into it and obviously stick it into something else. Yeah, I was having a look last night. Yeah, man. Quality stuff, man. So we'll definitely be doing that. So cheers, cheers, Ad. Nice one. Uh, crack cushions, as always. Yeah, good old crack. Get your fill. Mr. Crack. And the um, and the sniper ruse. Sniper ruse. Sniper ruse, mate. <laughs> and, you're, and you're wicked stupid. Uh, go check them boys out. We've got our details if we can be asked to go through them. It's, yeah, robots for eyes at gmail.com yeah, um, the deal. or Robots for Eyes into Google and it comes up in the first sort of three or four sort of things of where Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Oh, you're on Instagram now. I've I done am, a, I've, done, I've done nothing. I've, I've done I've done the token effort basically because I was talking about it I thought I've got to set, set this up. So I set up and I think I took a p- picture of myself. I don't know if it's even gone on you should and start, that's it. In you see the thing is you should be taking pictures of this now and going here we are. Yeah. People want to know or yeah. think they do. Well, maybe I'll start that next week. Maybe. <laughs> You're going to be the bloke that sets up an Instagram account or a Twitter account that account and does nothing, yeah. nothing on, no posts. <laughs> yeah, no I updates. just, I just, it just winds me up because if I try and do something, it just goes all tits up. Like I try and take a picture and it's like calling someone in Australia or something. I'm for <laughs> fuck's sake, it's cost me fucking five grand or something. It's easy yeah, to yeah. do. Do you understand that? Like in Instagram, have you not gone on it before? Um, or is well, it? Well, I'm signed up to it, but I'm not really on it. As in, like. I'm just on it because I am, if you know what I mean. You're on it because you feel like you need to be. Yeah, because of peer pressure, you know. Peer pressure! <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I, I need to sit down and have a fucking fiddle with it. Whoop. Have a fiddle. Yeah, see what's going on, man. If you want some stickers, you can have them. Just leave us a nice review on iTunes. 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 <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> iTunes. I'm going to say Where? iTunes. We get a lot of nice ones on, f- on Facebook. But iTunes would be iTunes would be helpful. It, what, why? What's what's up with iTunes? Why is iTunes better? And then we get loads of people re- leave reviews, but they're leaving them on Facebook, <laughs> not where it actually. I mean, it's nice, but it's yeah. not on the iTunes where it matters. Where the iTunes, where more people iTunes listen, iTunes. Yeah. So if you just uh, do that, take a screen grab, send it to us, and we'll send you some stickers for free, yo. Yo, man. Uh, thanks to my lovely girlfriend Hannah. I reckon that's about us done for the shit that we need to cover up before we do an episode so should we just do one let's do it man hit hit yeah so we were just talking then and waiting um about Carousel Sniper Victims' uh, one-star review, and um, we were just trying to work out what type of person that person is, because the review is basically, oh, I can't remember it fully off my head, what it was, um, some, some, like, some tribe, um, 
the headphones wasn't in properly to start with or something and they mentioned it now I stopped listening was all right so this this person what would you reckon they look like a fucking idiot like a fucking idiot. The thing is, right, it's like people leave bad reviews and podcasts, but whoever does that shit... Why Why bother? If you don't like it, don't listen. It's as simple as that. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Don't it listen. Is. Yeah. Because what, what's the point? You know what I mean? What is the point? A fucking lot of effort goes into podcasts. A yeah. hell of a lot. And for some pe- for people to just go, that's fucking crap. <coughs> it's not crap. It's not. It's just something you don't like. You're I'm not going for it. So just don't listen. There's two bounce of people I'm reckon. I reckon it's either going to be a little chavvy kid, right... Who's just wants to be a cunt and probably gives everyone one stars when he listens to everything just because he's trying to be a dick and get some reaction, right? Which he's getting off us. We're behind you, snipers. We're behind you. Backing you up, yo. And then, or or he's um, a geezer who sits probably in a dark room. He's got like like glasses which are like about five five uh, centimeters thick, and he probably sits there listening to conspiracies and all that, which is fine. But he's he's literally just doesn't like any comedy or well, anything yeah. or anything in it he just he doesn't no, get it. I don't like it yeah he doesn't get it i yeah. mean look come on man if if that person can do better than carousel sniper victim right that's the only way that they're allowed to to i hope this gets i hope this gets to that fellow and he loses yeah, one star us, give us a fucking one star and fuck off yeah you prick yeah <laughs> have that you fucking knob so this is going to be the second installment of the sparrow trilogy today is it second yeah. inst- second installment number 2 number 2 yeah the 27 club so this is the um, the name given to seemingly a, a long list of rock stars who end up dead at the age of twenty seven. So whether that be like by their own hand, mad excess, or just or just bad luck. Yeah, it's not only rock stars; it's actors, artists. You know, the list's full of influential pop icons, basically. Yeah, and people notice that uh, many famous and influential people started to die around twenty seven. A lot of them. So, interest... It's the government. It could be, man. <laughs> it could be. I think that a lot of interest... Well, a lot of it kicked up in the 1970s. I think it was like four major rock stars. I think it was Janis Joplin. I think it was Jimi Hendrix, Jim Morrison, and I think someone else probably should know these things. I'm doing an episode on it. And they all died within um, a few months, I think, in the 1970s. And that's sort of... People are like, what the fuck's going on? They're just caning it. That's of course they that's, that's, that's all it is. It's, put it down. It's, end of, end of, <laughs> it's been like end of episode. Yeah, that's uh, it. 27, they got caned from about the age of 20 to about 27, and they just died. That's the body it. went, no! Thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want to leave us a review, one star, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I think the internet craziness really ramped up after Wa- Amy Winehouse died. Yeah. Cause I, I, heard about the tw- I heard about the 27 Club before, but um, I hadn't heard... Um, much about it for a while because I don't think many stars have died at 27 so hurry up people let's yeah. get dying yeah but who, who don't we like as a star who's under the age of 27 I don't know well whoever they are Bieber. they need to die fucking hurry up but yeah Bieber I reckon he's a dude actually Bieber do you reckon probably look at him he's made about 400 million quid he's about 4 <laughs> <laughs> I can't knock him can I yeah was he like 22 or something didn't he or something like, or 21, 22 he's, he's doing something fucking, right yeah he'd probably be dead before that well, apparently he's got issues, but I don't know. It doesn't surprise me, man. Yeah, it's pr- uh, yeah. They were, ta- I mean. they were talking about, um, I think it was somewhere like Paris or something, and he was he, was, he apparently he was looking really down. He was having some dinner, having some lunch, and there's just queues of people standing outside yeah. watching him eat. Yeah, but that would piss you off, wouldn't it? After a while, you couldn't imagine You'd that. Imagine that every day, every day, there's people just watching you at a restaurant, like literally standing there yeah. watching you. It's not like fun. A, like a crowd of people. I'd be like. 
I'm just trying to eat everyone, you know what I mean? I love your support and all this, but can, can I try and have a bit of a normal life as well, you know what I mean? That's exactly <laughs> what it is, yeah. yeah it's let me is. be me. You yeah, know what let, I mean? let me be myself, yeah. Many of these people in the 27 Club had a lot of mental health issues. Like Amy Winehouse, for instance, she even told her personal assistant um, that she thought she was going to die young and even join the 27 Club. Yeah. She said that I might yeah. even join the Twenty Seven Club. Yeah, not like oh, I fancy joining. Yeah, it, but she reckons she was going to die young. Yeah, well, that would have been good if she went. I think maybe it's Twenty Seven. She predicted her own death. Oh, I've got. A, I know this isn't related to this, but oh, my my prediction of um, Prince Philip dying, which was February this year, hasn't Ooh. happened. Hasn't happened. Failure. Yeah, I failed. But he's he's in for a hop, hop, a hip hop operation, a hip hip hop operation, hippity hop. He's going to come out like a gangster. Um. Yeah, so, yeah, well, Amy Winehouse, we, we all know she had a lot of troubles, didn't we? It's Well, it sounds nuts that she would say that, but when you think about it, who is more qualified to assess how f- how much she's caning it? Except for yeah, Except herself. Her, so if she, only she's going to know how hard she's going at it, and she's probably, yeah, man, I might not fucking make this. I'm fucking really going for it. Yeah, well, well, she, probably, well she knew. I, I, I suppose most people down inside, you know, um, alcoholics, druggies, and stuff. No, down inside, that they're, they're risking it, and they're going to probably die earlier because of it. Because let's be honest, that's what tends to happen. They can feel the effects you, on the body. You do get the odd uh, legend who can live to like 105, who's just on the piss constantly. You know what I mean? But Ozzy Osbourne. They kind of like, yeah, they kind of like doing their own little league, aren't they? They're like, I don't reckon they're real. You know what I mean? They're just hardcore. Kurt Cobain even told, when he was 14 at school, he told one of his uh, school friends that he was going to be a rock star and go out in a blaze of glory and die young like Jimi Hendrix. What? Mm. Really? <laughs> <laughs> he did, though. Yeah, he did, yeah. But but is it a real thing? Are pop icons more likely to die at 27, following like a relatively short meteoric rise to fame? I mean, it seems to be the case. Do their deaths outnumber like the 27 group club does does that is there like a, st- a statistical increase at 27 like many people think is it a combination of drugs booze and fame with unstable states of mind i think it probably is i i yeah i think it's it's the case obviously they they had an idea um a lot of these people have done it themselves they haven't been picked up by someone else and then they sh- like you say they shoot to fame really quickly everyone wants them to be there and here there and that you know what i mean because they're it they're the thing at the moment they're doing all sorts of stuff. They get given free stuff to do and drink, and then just just get into a routine where yeah. it's pretty normal, but it's reckless. Yeah. And then it gets to a point where they just go right fuck this, and even shoot the face off because they're off the tits, they're or they just yeah, and they don't know what's real anymore. It's kind of like they're in their own delusional delusional world. But the thing is, like, it comes from unstable. I mean, a lot of these are pretty much all of them in the Twenty Seven Club, and it's probably pardon me, it goes with a lot of rock stars. No one's really singing happy songs. <laughs> no, they're all quite, yeah. Well, and it's been said before, but Kurt Cobain's not writing epic Nirvana songs after a day at the office, followed by like a sit down meal with his family. No. That's not happening, is it? No, it's not happening. And, well, Amy Winehouse is trying to remember me going to rehab. And yeah. I said, no, no, no. <laughs> That's exactly yes, what she rehab, sounds like. Yes, <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, yeah, I read it. One half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I read whilst researching this that. People were referring to them all as tortured souls quite a lot. That comes up quite a fair bit. And and I said that's a good description. Yeah, but I imagine it is, yeah. I really do think they kind of get disillusioned in their own world because one minute they're kind of just playing to, you know, 
20 people and whatnot. And then within a year, they're, they're doing like like 100,000 people and they're doing that weekly. Yeah. And you know then, what I mean? And it's like the, before they were famous, they tend, they tended to be people that no one gave a fuck about. Yeah, but, but I can imagine when, when they've got 20 people listening to them and whatnot, they'll probably like them, obviously, hence why they're there. Yeah. And they'll probably go, cheers, see you later. But now it, getting people constantly coming up to them as well, it must, it must be mental. Well, like the inspiration. I think it would drive me nuts. It would, it would. There's a plus and a negative side to everything. Yeah, I mean the inspiration from for these a lot of these songs, all of them, they seem to come from places of like pain, mental and physical pain. I mean, like you can't write territorial pissings if you're getting up for a jog <laughs> at six o'clock and yeah, free. yeah, yeah. it's not going to happen. Got <laughs> to put the needle in for that insight. Yeah. yeah, or rape me. So yeah, 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 rape me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I think that like unstable people with that have had dark things happen to them probably have insights into aspects of life that most people don't or at least their viewpoint is radically different you know what i mean accessing the dark parts of your mind do uh, you do you think a lot of these people had a dark childhood yeah is that what you think and well like the, the two that we're going to cover yeah definitely okay yeah 100 percent. yeah 100 percent. i mean it's it's like how I many how many people die young who were immensely talented but receive no notoriety who who are like depressed but come up with incredible pieces of artwork or incredible tunes but they're going signed and then mm. they end up just dying and people just think oh wait well, he's just overdosed he was crazy yeah. P- possibly yeah possibly but but they were producing incredible art they just weren't I mean look at Vincent van Gogh he believed he's believed to have killed himself and he also displayed a lot of symptoms of mental health like epilepsy he had potentially bipolar borderline personality disorder it seems like a compromised mind yeah. makes fucking shit hot shit that everybody wants to well maybe because it's outside reality as in like everyone else's reality you know yeah. what I mean because they all got their own personal obviously everyone's got their own personal issues but a lot of the time they are so um, far away from what's actually happening because they're in their own crazy world because of whatever's happening at they're home. They're two crazy worlds. they're just nuts or they're on drugs, you know what I mean? So it's kind of like they're, they're making songs in a different world, if you know what I mean. Well, they live in a different world because they're a rock star. Yeah. And they're also, they're coming from a different um, personal world as well. What most most of the time, you can't, can't even really comprehend what a lot of these people go through. Or is it just the way they interpret it? Are they just being pussies? You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I had a look at the 27 Club um, and unfortunately, Mr. Sparrow, it seems to be a myth. There are a lot of people that do die at 27, but it's not the it's not the norm. The 27 Club is filled with lots of cool dead people, like what Amy Winehouse, Kurt Cobain, Jimi Hendrix, Janis Joplin, Jim Morris. The list goes on, but it doesn't seem to be a statistical spike. I mean, how about this for thought as well? What happens if Jimi Hendrix didn't die young and lived on? Uh, and he and he kept and he kept making music and he was alive today. Nobody would. I don't think anyone would give a shit about him. Nowhere no. near as much because <coughs> he's no. alive. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's kind of like they get more famous. They, it's kind of like they shoot up from their to a top height of fame really quickly, and then they die, and everyone goes wow because obviously they go. There can be nothing produced again. He was a legend because of what position he was at the time. Yeah, and then suddenly everyone remembers him. Well, no one's going mad for Paul McCartney as they are for John Lennon. No, and that's only because he was taken out. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's true. Death makes their music more precious. It seems to be a fascinating thing, death. I know we talk about it quite, you know, on shows of murder and stuff like that, but it seems to fascinate everyone in every aspect. You know what I mean? Not just murder. If someone dies, everyone talks of fondnesses of people and all that, and it's kind of 
well, I suppose it is passing a memory on and keeping the memory going. That's what it is. Yeah. And it, it, their memory just so happens to be on an international scale. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, mean, so yeah, yeah. And in the minds of millions and millions and yeah, millions yeah. of people, hundreds of millions. And it just keeps getting played all the time. You yeah. know what I mean? Look, Jimi Hendrix was on the radio the other day, on Radio 2. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's Radio fucking 2, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? They play like, I don't know, it's usually like some sort of weird like 20s jazz or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, having a look at this, it seems that it is a bit of a myth. Like, for instance, the list of names in the 27 Club is not as long as the 56 Club. So that seems to be the most common age that rock stars die. Like falling over or dying whilst having a, a hip replacement is not as intense as choking on your own vomit. Yeah. So I read a cool article on The Independent. And spanning 70 years between 1950 and 2010, all dead rock stars and like influential pop icons were compiled into a list and they worked out the average age of their death. <laughs> right, so the average age of a rock star. Yeah, there were 11,054 <laughs> people on that list. All so right. they were like, okay, we're going to get a proper, you know, insight. Average, yeah, yeah. And here's the numbers. Um, so for instance, 128 people died when they were 26 in that, out of that 128. list. Out of that list of over 11,000, 128 died at, at 26, which is 1.2%. <clears throat> 144 people died at 27, which is 1.3%. Okay. And 153 people died at 28, which is 1.4. So straight away... It's, it seems to be the older you are, the more likely you're going to die. <laughs> which is which weird. Is, yeah, strange. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So 28 is, is far more risky to, yeah. to be alive. What about 29? Does it sound about 29? Well, it, I mean, I just jumped was up it, the was, scale. Yeah, oh, it right. was moving up. It, it does peter off. You can see it. It's like a graphic. You can, fi- you can find it. It's the age of 28. If they live and they've done all the drugs, they go, I think I need a year out. And that's when they survive for another year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you go into rehab. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, that's the rehab years. Mortality drops off when they go to rehab. <laughs> so at 56 years old, the percentage rise to 2.2%, which is 239 people. But no one gives a fuck about them old bastards pegging it of heart attacks. It's the young dudes that everyone remembers. Having said that, though, rock stars in their 20s do have a higher chance of dying when compared to the general population. But that's probably because they're multi-millionaires and they're cane living life everyone's off the fucking gi- Everyone's giving them what they want. Yeah. And then, they, yeah, they, yeah, of course. Is it booze, drugs, party, no yeah. sleep. Booze, drugs, think, party, no sleep. Go, go, go. I think go. Most, most of the people who are between the age of like 18 and 30 are going to do that anyway. Even yeah. at 30. People yeah. will carry on to 40 or, you know, 40 are probably just getting smashed up every night proper. last night. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mate. <laughs> So, like, if you're a rock star in your 50s, railing lines of cocaine and nailing hookers, you, your body just ain't going gonna, ain't gonna to fucking take it, is it? You're falling yeah. apart, you're just getting old. So, to make dying at 27 a statistical anomaly, i.e. a real the club being a real thing, and die above the average, you've got to have at least 276 dead rockers on that on that in that category which is higher than the 56 club but that's only even then it's only a very very slight anomaly yeah. which could easily be explained as just young reckless behavior yeah it could be young rep- reckless behavior but does it put into fact accidents so like people dying in car crashes or planes because there's Everything. been a few few plane crashes aren't there with buddy holly and all that and yeah, there's yeah. three of them on that you oh, know that I mean? must have brought the average up yeah we got this wrong hang on let's yeah. go back <laughs> so maybe the average is higher then i don't know yeah <laughs> but it shouldn't really be called the 27 club it should be called the cool people who died at 27 club <laughs> yeah yeah, That's what yeah. It sounds like. yeah yeah so the big six in the in the uh, in the 27 club with no exception is filled with hardcore young crazy reckless maniacs who properly live for the moment and, yeah. and they also do a lot of heroin by the looks of it have you got the list of loads and loads of names 
Um, I've got the list of the big six. The big six, The right, big okay. six, the ones that most people remember. Uh, I'll get to them in a minute. Because um, we can't we can't cover all... hundred and something. Yeah, because yeah. each one, I don't know who he is. Well, we couldn't even cover all si- all the top six yeah, yeah. in any detail because we'd be spending 10 minutes on them. Yeah. And you'd be like, this is what this is how they died next. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, well, why, what caused that? Yeah, yeah. So you've got to kind of, unfortunately, I, I just picked the two ones that I wanted to do. Basically. Well, well, you just... Proved the statistics, uh, statistics there, saying yeah. there's 120 odd or whatever is yeah. 150 odd in each age. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, you'd be, you would be there forever. Start at 18, let's work our way up to 70. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be here for a month. <laughs> yeah, we've got a month-long podcast, everyone. So we picked Amy Winehouse and Kurt Cobain. We're going to have a look at them, but here's some information on the other, the big four. Well, it's big six, but we're going to cover them. But yeah, yeah. these are the others. In the, so it's Byron Jones. He was the founding member of the Rolling Stones. Obviously, twenty-seven. Yeah, he's found at the bottom of his swimming pool, um, drowning. Uh, Drowned. Yeah. Some people say he was murdered there. There's oh, always right. a conspiracy, isn't there? Yeah, there always is, though, isn't there? You know, even when someone's blatantly like died from a heart attack or drugs or something, they go, "Yeah, something was put in his dinner which made the heart explode or something," or, or you know, they clearly were forced these drugs and like, and gone. Yeah. Did you see him the night before that and the night before that? Yeah. They were fucking pam- pamming that shit up their nose. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny, like everyone's sitting there going, "Fuck!" Found at the bottom of a swimming pool, dead. <laughs> conspiracy. He's drowned. Okay, whatever. But when people like. If he's off his t- completely off his tits and, he, and everything's spinning. He's just gonna fucking. Well, go it doesn't take a genius to figure out what happened. Founding member of the Rolling Stones. Yeah. Young, rich, swimming pool, swimming is, pool. Yeah. Dead. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I think I've, I think I know what happened. I'm guessing if you looked at him in the swimming pool and went, shit, he's there, and then you turned your eyesight to the right, there's probably a table which has got loads of drugs on. A mountain and, of and, coke. And, and, yeah, a mountain of coke. It'd be like fucking Scarface, a bowl of coke, <laughs> yeah. and uh, loads of fucking booze and shit. Needles. And probably hookers just lying there, like passed out themselves. <laughs> so uh, yeah, he, he died drowning. Jimi Hendrix. He choked on his own on his own sick actually on his own vomit and he he'd been going through a shitload of red wine and barbiturates. Some say he was murdered. Uh, <laughs> on his own sick, murdered by sick. Janice Joplin, she died of a heroin overdose combined with alcohol. Some say she was murdered. <laughs> <laughs> and Big Jim Morrison from the Doors, he had a heart attack in France. Now, in according to French law at the time, I don't know if it changed. I couldn't be asked to have a look. But at the time of his death, it wasn't in the law to have an autopsy, so they didn't do one. So people are speculating that it was probably a, ju- a drug-induced heart attack because yep. he was only 27. Well, that makes sense, wouldn't it? But if he's off his tits from the doors as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's just going to be on shit and his heart's just going... Yeah. <laughs> it's gone about 400,000 revs per second and then just gone bop. So, so unfortunately, we'll never know for sure what happened to him and also people think he was murdered. Yeah, obviously. So you can see why well, he's interesting yeah. in the 27 Club. Yeah. He really <coughs> can. So we'll move on to... The first of two, Amy Winehouse. Now, she was born on the 14th of September 1983 in Southgate, London. And she died on the 23rd of July 2011 in Candom Town in London. It, reading them dates, it's nuts, isn't it? 1983 to 2011. Fucking hell, man. You didn't have any time. You right. barely got going. No, but oh, I remember talking to you, but this was ages ago when, when she was alive. Because um, obviously we were talking about that rehab song. And you know, so you just listen to the lyrics. This is way before she died we were talking about Yeah, this. yeah, yeah. And saying, if you listen to it, how dark they are. And you can tell it's personal. You yeah. know what I mean? And then I showed you a clip of her. I think it was on Jonathan Ross show when she was about 19, playing the guitar and singing. And, oh, and yeah. looked, you know, completely fine. And then you look at her, obviously, like some of her last gigs and you think what the fuck is going on you're not you know the I mean? same person you are not that person you know what I mean You, you, she 
It's probably that fucking dickhead though, Blake, or wasn't it? Who probably got her into it and ended well, up. Well, he, yeah. And she's obviously got an addictive personality and she's gone, fuck it. Yeah. It's just such a shame. It I is. find I find the name Winehouse ironic considering. Yeah. It would be funny, right, if she died in a wine house with a, <laughs> with a glass of wine. <laughs> be hilarious. That would be. I'd be like, well, I'd be like, fair enough. That's that's the way it should be done. She wanted to go out that way. Anyway, I'm sure you all know who she is, but we'll do. We'll cover a bit of her. She came from a an immigrant family, Russian, Jewish, and Polish Jewish background. And she's brought up around music, which is common. You yeah. Know, in most fucking massive rock stars, her dad was a London cabbie driver, and her mum was a pharmacist. So her mum was banging to drugs, y'all, yeah, giving her loads. I'm a bit of this. Like we say, pain seems to make good art, and she was a troubled person, and no one will ever really know why. Um, but it, it seems to stem, like her personal pain seems to stem from her, her dad started cheating on her mom when she was eighteen months old. Yeah, so that's fucking. Cuntish. Yeah, cuntish, yeah, yeah, yeah. And apparently the affair was an open secret within the family. Everybody knew, but said nothing. Okay, so it was still going on sort of thing. Everyone knew. What the... It wasn't even like, I'm just nipping out for a jog. And really, he's like, I'm just... I'm going just going out to bang Jenny, or whatever her name is. Yeah. No one seemed to do anything. Okay, lovey. Go on then. Yeah, but he wouldn't say... He'd be like, I'm just going to work. (laughs) Okay, see you in a bit. Um, Well, whatever, man. It's bollocks, isn't it? Families operating different Why are people like that? You know what I mean? <sighs> Arseholes. Oh, man, yeah. He was hooking up with a woman from that he used to work with, and uh, apparently Amy and their older brother Alex knew, they all knew this, but yeah. she, he'd call, they'd call her, the woman that the dad was going to visit, um, daddy's work wife. Like, literally, oh, they knew. Wow. Fuck me, it's not healthy, is it? No. Why would the mum stand for that? No, I know. She's weak. It makes, me, it makes me think, yeah, she's either... She doesn't think sh- I don't know. Maybe he's a really fucking evil geezer, and she can't doesn't want to say anything. Don't say too much. He's alive. Or come and get. I us. don't care. <laughs> he can come and pick me up if he wants in his cab. It might cost him a lot of money from. Camden I just think Town. he could do it. I just think they weren't happy. And they, people, families just do things, man. Pa- families, nothing is what it seems. No, let's be honest, right? We don't. We're know. jumping into shit, aren't we? We don't. Like, it's every family is different, you know what I mean? And some things seem crazy with normal people and nutters, and some things don't. Exactly. And that might not, well, by the sound of it, it wasn't crazy in their family for that. It just happened, and it was like, yeah, that's fine. Well, this obviously affected her musically. I mean, if you listen to <coughs> her words, I mean, pe- people disregard young chi- children's feelings. You can fuck them up easily. You're moulding a child's world view and, in in essence, programming their minds. Like, op- uploading operating systems. You know, they're forming an image on how families function at that age. And it also influences how they can conduct personal relationships. Because if they see their parents doing this all their life, they don't really know what the norm is, whatever the norm is. You know what I mean? Mm. There is no fucking norm. But they don't know what's healthy or not. But the affair lasted till 1996... When the dad, Mitch, he, he had enough and basically moved out and, and moved in with the woman that he was seeing on the side. And he actually went on to marry her. So all of Amy's life, she was aware of this. I just don't understand why her parents didn't split. It seems like they were with that, the wrong person. Yeah, but it, yeah, and it kind of buggers up the kid's head long, more, surely, oh, yeah. if, if he's just popping out to get some milk and they all know what's going on. It kind of that Surely that's not good for the kids because they're going to think that's a normal thing to do as well. Well, when really it's not when it, as a family because it clearly breaks families up and destroys families as as yeah as people you can tell well it just just move out and make <coughs> it official they mm. think oh it's me it's it's dad and, and mom it's me against her I'm moving out she doesn't like me I don't like her whatever and they think it's like boyfriend and girlfriend 
issues, but it's it's not now. I'm afraid you've got fucking kids. You have to forget your feelings between the two of you, and you've got to look at your children and yeah. what potentially you're doing to them. I mean, her parents said that it didn't even seem to affect her. You're like, what? Yeah, it's just like a normal thing. Yeah, you fucking did fools. Breakups are horrible, rotten, life changing events. Yeah, right? but it gives you some dark shit to write about. Yeah, which is what she embraced, and she had no way to express herself clearly. Nobody would listen to her. Her dad didn't really care about her feelings, and I think not being listened to, I suppose, could be like becoming a musician with a captive audience was appealing, especially after, like, most of her tunes, all of them are heartfelt personal messages. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, you're going to listen to me now sort of thing because she's got a captive audience. So she started playing uh, her brother's guitar when she was 14. By the age of 16, she had a demo tape that she'd recorded. Um, apparently, a classmate sent it to a record label, and they okay. were like, what? This is coming out of a 16-year-old girl? Sign her up. Yeah. It's incredible, <laughs> isn't it, her yeah. voice? It's yeah. unbelievable. It is. When you see her, you're like, that doesn't... If you see her, especially like um, before she was famous, when she's sitting down with the guitar and she starts strumming, you're like, yeah, man, cool, man, you can play the guitar. And then when she starts singing, it's like, hang on a second. Yeah, yeah. This is next level. Yeah. This is ridiculous, you and know so what I mean? On, the, on that Jonathan Rush show clip, she was, you know, it's incredible. It is incredible. It's, it, it's unbelievable. Mm. Brilliant. Anyway, so when she was around 16, she apparently she's like banging to 60s girl groups. I mean, you can... You can kind of tell with the <laughs> style, can't you? So, and she had a bit of an edge to her as well. You could see that in her eyes. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, she she'd like um, she was a fu- she used to like dote on you, say things that make you feel really, really, really good. Be really like close up and intimate with her eye contact, and really win you over, and then say something really spiteful and, and crush you again and put you back down. Apparently, she was did used to do that quite a lot. That could be a throwback from... You've got to be cruel to be kind. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That, yeah. that, that's like... I think that's something, a throwback from her childhood. It probably is. It's probably something to do with the, with, um, the um, dad or the mum. It's going to be, you know... Well, a dad would be. be like, oh, yeah, I'm being really, you know, caring towards my child. And then... See ya. See ya. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, she's going to inherit that trait. Yeah, of course she is. She was a massive fan of Frank Sinatra and named her debut album. After him, actually, which came mm. out in two thousand and three, got to number three in the charts and sold, I think it was a million copies straight away. Won a shitload of awards and went three time platinum. You know, blah blah blah. A lot of fucking notoriety. Yeah, yeah. And she essentially just kicked the musical door open. And everyone was like, "Who's this small, mad little girl that's walked yeah, in?" Just walked in and gone. Oh bosh, my yeah. god, she's amazing. And this is where the problems started to ramp up after Frank was released because she's obviously a bit mixed up from her personal problems, but now she had a bit of cash behind her. Yeah. And she was fame. She was famous, but she wasn't it like was someone who could walk down the street and she might get away with it, sort of thing. Yeah, she, she, she wasn't back to black fame yet. <laughs> mm. um, but she started to go off the rails a little bit here. The second album was delayed quite a li- quite a bit. Um, she was doing loads of drugs. She met Blake, her husband. She's a bit of a wreck. And uh, on October the twenty seventh, two thousand and six, her second album, Back to Black, came out, and that that was it. She was fucking... On it then, big she time. Was, yeah, yeah. And everyone knew that she was the Doug's bollocks. There was yeah. no messing. She's like, yeah, you're God, basically. You yeah. can do what you like. She won five Grammys for that album alone. Um, she was huge. Huge. Like, mm. t- too big. The fame was overwhelming. And like we were saying before, uh, you know, I think people, the general consensus, including me, that it, it's all great being famous, but it ain't. No, it's, it's got to be, like I was kind of saying, everyone, there's got to be some sort of... Um, psychological effects. I wouldn't be able to handle it. I'd well, be like, I just want to be 
on my own or I just want to be with people. I don't want people coming up to me all the time. Well, you can see I don't mind people coming up to me and going, all right, mate, how's it going, blah, blah. But all day, every day, even when you sit down eating or, you know, trying to have a, a drink or a shit, you know what I mean? They're, they're going to be there and you just be like, just fucking let me have a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you can see why these people, <coughs> people, the, the um, the public opinion is they become recluse. Mm. It's not that becoming recluse. They're just like fuck it. If I shut my front, if I go out my front door, you fuckers I'm are going to yeah. start talking to me constantly. I ain't if gonna I stay get anything in, done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm all right. Yeah. I mean, you can't go <laughs> to the shops. You'll get mobbed. Yeah. I, mean, I saw something. Liam oh, Gallagher uh, said he was like, um, they said, do you ever, do you ever like, um, what's your favourite like f- cheap? meal or some shit like that and he was going on about I can't remember what it was about they said um, he said something about McDonald's and they went oh so you nip up there on a Sunday morning and get a McMuffin he went I can't do that you're stupid this was this year he was like I can't do that I'll get mobbed I can't fucking go out you know it's true though isn't yeah, it? Yeah. you can't you can't enjoy a meal out without people asking for photos or autographs your family life is scrutinised and if it's yeah. jaded anyway <laughs> that's not much fun your personal and private relationships are in the press it, they're outside your house you know, all the time. Yeah. It's, it's like stalking, isn't it? Yeah. She attacked him as well. I've, I've seen, like, when the press are out there, she'll turn around. She had fucking fire in her belly, wine ass, yeah. she'd fucking hit you. I like her. You just had enough, didn't she? She was yeah. just like, fuck off. I just want a fucking day of, like, normalness. I'm yeah. just fucking yeah. Amy Winehouse. Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. Five years ago, I don't give a shit about me. And now you're all fucking hanging off every single word, but I'm the same person. Yeah. Leave me alone. But it's like it has, like, scaled polar opposites. The fame is, like, on the plus side, it's fucking immense. Mm. And then on the negative side, it's fucking terrible. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's sort of scaled. Well, that's what that's what I was saying about you're not really living in a real life. It's kind of like a weird, weird part because, like you say, you got major fame and then you got the ultimate downs because because of the fame. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, the, they, the good things with fame is the money, you know, I suppose, and you know, and being able to be first on every list and getting free things to free do what you want. And, yeah. But the, obviously, the bad thing is that everyone knows you, and everyone wants to be around you, and everyone wants to literally, you know, watch you while you're sleeping. You know what yeah, I mean? They will do. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> we said before, I can't remember if I said at the beginning, but yeah, they come from two. They live in. They exist in very in two very strange realities. Yeah. They live in their own personal reality where they've had fucked up shit happen to them, and then because they wrote about that fucked up shit, they're now living in. Another strange place, which is full on. Where everyone loves the fuck out. Standing on yeah. stage in front of f- fucking hundreds of thousands of people, you can't, like you say, you can't, can't have a shit without someone. That's not normal. You know what no, I mean? No, exactly. But as with songs, it's it's easy. It's really easy for us to just jump around and sing them, going, "Yeah, man, whatever." You're not. The music's uplifting. It's all good and fun. But if you actually pay attention and listen to the lyrics and listen to the messages behind what all these people are saying, Winehouse, Cobain, a lot of them, it tells a story of, like, you know, people being lonely, depressed, sad individuals who mm. just really just want to have, be loved and, and you know, have yeah. help. It's, it's really, really tragic. So some of the song titles on uh, Black to Black, Tears Dry on Their Own, well, that doesn't sound fucking... Yeah, yeah that doesn't sound like uh, something lovey-dovey, does it? Yeah. Rehab, yeah. <laughs> help yourself. Yeah, it's you know you, when you actually forget about how much how good it is and how much fun it is to dance. If you, you know, like if you, if read, you listen to the lyrics, yeah, it, it, like everyone's smiling and singing along. But if you if you read the lyrics, they take on a, a totally, especially in Winehouse's case, it's only, they're like tragic poems. Like some of the lines in Rehab is like, um, "I don't ever want to drink again. 
I just, oh, I need a friend. I'm not going to spend 10 weeks having everybody think I'm on the mend. And it's not just my pride. It's just till these tears have dried, they try to make me go to rehab. I said, no, no, no. Yes, I've been black. But when I'll come back, you'll know, no, no. I ain't got the time. And if my daddy thinks I'm fine, he's trying to make me go to rehab. I won't go, go, go. Now, I read more into this. And what she's saying is she's not going to rehab because drinking isn't the problem. No. It's the shit that makes her drink. Yeah. That's the shit that you want to stop. And, and I find the line, I just need a friend, haunting. Yeah. I just need a friend. That's yeah. what she's saying. She's telling yeah, she's, people. Yeah, she's singing it out to everyone. Fucking back to black. Um, we only say goodbye with words. I died a hundred times. You go back to her and I go back to black. Yeah. So that's, <laughs> is that a reference to her dad or is that a reference to Blake? I doing think it's something? Blake. Yeah. That. yeah. I mean, they're you not happy lines, no, are they? No. <clears throat> so after listening to this podcast, just go and listen to the tunes from what, lyrics, all of these yeah. people. All the lyrics. Yeah. Ignore the music to a certain extent and put your mind in that place. It ain't It ain't good. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily the fame. I think it's personal life that is haunting Amy. Yeah. Well, let's think about it, right? Is there many songs, right, out there where people have got famous, where the, everything's rosy, everything's amazing? I mean, like, I lived in a lovely place or something <laughs> like that. I mean, it doesn't happen. It seems to it be people seem to. seem to like, without knowing, psychologically, they like the more, the more morbid slash uh, depressed side of music. Yeah. Because why, why would there be all these depressed... Uh, songs being at the top. Maybe. Most of the songs are about love and heartbreak anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not really many songs really when you compare it to love and happiness. It's more like love and heartbreak. Bra- yeah, pain. It's, I, don't, I don't know whether that is that a, like a symptom of the of, of the fan base or relating th- to what I, she's saying? I, I think so. I think it's more rela- uh, relate, um, relating to what, what's heartbreak is. There's a lot of people who've gone through a lot of bad things yeah. and, and if someone's singing about it, they go, oh, I, I recognise that. I like this. You know what I mean? So towards the end, she was spiraling out of control, big style. She quit drugs, actually, in 2008. Um, she really got stuck into them with her husband at the time, Blake Fielder. And he ended up in prison. Uh, he went down for 32 months for burglary and having a fake gun. And I think, is that a fucking against the law? Don't they sell fake guns to kids? Isn't that a toy gun? Why are you putting in prison for that for? Um, <laughs> I see what you're saying. Maybe it's the fact that he was in, in the burglary. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he was driving a car with fake plates yeah. when he was busted. So. Put it this way, I can't walk into um, the post office with a fake gun. <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. It's just a toy. Yeah, yeah, it's just a toy. I'm just walking around with a toy gun. Bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking yeah. dead. He went down a few times, actually. One of them being assault. Uh, he tried to cover it up with a bribe. He, um, he's a complete twat, that fucking bloke is. I mean, he sounds like it. Uh, he uh, he led her into drugs. He led her astray. Fucked her around. Uh, he got clean. If he's in out prison. robbing and stuff as well. And let's be honest, right? He's probably he's sponging off Amy. Of course he was. He you know I don't know if he had a job. I don't know if he's a record producer. He, he wasn't clearly won't. He, he clearly won't. He was some sort of crackhead pulled off the street, wasn't he? Yeah. But um, she, he would have been you know just t- taking money out of a left, right, and centre. And he's still going out robbing people. And he's still being an absolute cunt. You know what I mean? It's well, when he got out of prison, he was clean. And he he said. Um, what, why would I I'm not with Amy why would I spend time with that dirty junkie I'm not into that she's like what? that because of you yeah 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 coming from the All geezer right. looks fucked you could have booze problems She could. she's obviously got bruise pro- booze problems and, and had a few mental issues but the fact that she's doing heroin is is on you mate yeah simple as that 
Yeah, it was you. You, it's like a drug friend, wasn't it? In you know my what opinion, I mean? and then yeah. it just went out of control. Yeah, that's what it was. He fucked her up, but the self destruction kicked in proper. Um, it couldn't have been worse. Matching him up with her, she needed someone to like help her and yeah. like look after. Her. Well, like the songs, you know, you can yeah. tell it's just clearly she needed help. She needed a friend. She needed someone to to listen to her and to help her. But she <laughs> liked, she liked a bad boy, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seems like she liked a bad boy. Yeah. For a while, she was regularly using heroin, crack cocaine, and weed. She was boozing like a maniac to dangerous levels on the reg. She was only five foot three. Yeah, she's tiny. Fucking minuscule, and she could drink like a maniac, man. She'd drink pretty much everybody under the table. Um, she smoked like a trooper as well. She sounds like a laugh, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tiny midget crazy woman. Yeah. Um, she was hospitalised for emphysema when she was 24. That's not common for no. someone who's yeah, yeah, for. Like, I mean, you've got to keep that voice in tip-top condition. Yeah, yeah, give, yeah. Give me the fags. Give me the fags. Give me the booze. Give me the fags. Give me the crack cocaine to smoke. <laughs> she got caught doing that, didn't she, by the sun? Was it the sun paper? Some, well, she didn't care. Someone someone dobbed her in, didn't they? They recorded her smoking crack or something, and she was like, I don't give a shit. I don't Everyone care. knows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. Put me in prison. And let <laughs> yeah, maybe put me in prison's good for me. She didn't care. No. But um, uh, our sister, Maria, she was actually supposed to write an article, because she used to write for a magazine, like, when was this? Back in, I think it was about 2008. I actually spoke to Maria about this, so I could get it right. Um, yeah, she wrote, a mag- wrote for a magazine, and she was going to do an article on Winehouse. Um, but they scrubbed the article, apparently. But because... She was in the press. She got a press invite to go and watch her. This is like a height when she was touring back to black at the Custer factory in Birmingham. There's only like a hundred people there, so it's okay. a very, very literally just press this yeah, one. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she was at the height of her booze and her drugs relationship problem, um, problems. All sorts of shit was going down. Now Maria said that she walked on stage, did a gig, and walked off and didn't speak a word to the crowd. Not a fucking didn't even say hello or goodbye. Yeah. Nothing, nothing in between. In between no, songs. Like, All right, how's it going, everyone? No, none of that. She only spoke to a band. She's like one, two, three, kick it, and that was <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, nothing else. Nothing else. Uh, she thinks that she was like this because Winehouse did not like the press, and this was a press tour. This yeah, was, yeah. this gig was a press invite. Well, sense. If, if there's a group of people you hate because of it might influence what you're doing and you've got to do it because your record company's going, you've got to do this because it spreads, you, you know, you around the world. You go, oh, for fuck's it's a chore, sake. Isn't it? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that's why she, probably why she kept her mouth shut. She didn't want to give them anything, didn't want to talk to them. I mean, people were openly saying, talk to us, talk to us. She was like, fuck you, but I'm not even going to say that because I was talking yeah. to you. Uh, she said that she looked like a, like really, really small, obviously. She looked emaciated. What's emaciated mean? Really thin, right, like okay. drawn, like Exhausted as well. Yeah. Exhausted, yeah. She also said that she was extreme. I mean, Benny Wine Marie is probably standing 10 feet away from her. Um, she said that her elbow and knee joints were the largest parts on her limbs. Because oh, she was, you know what skinny, I mean? That's yeah. skinny. Skinny and ill. And um, she also said that she couldn't take her eyes off her. No one could. Everyone was just staring at her. Because she's so fucking good. It's amazing. Yeah. And you can clearly see she was in trouble. Yeah. But what can you do, man? It's, it's, it is just amazing, isn't it? You know what I mean? You, you, like you say, you've seen something amazing coming out of her voice, and then you're looking at her, and she just looks fragile and and fucked, basically. It's almost as if you know you're seeing someone... Dying, basically. Who is going to be an iconic dead legend, yeah. but you're seeing them alive. Yeah. It's almost like you've gone back in time to watch her, and you know what's going to happen. Yeah. Everyone's sort of had that feeling. But did you see some of the... Have you seen some of her last gigs? Um, I saw was it one in um, Czech, Czech or something like that, like where it. she's just going ah, yeah. She, she refused just to sing. Off, didn't she? Yeah. yeah, 
She's walked on. Everyone was booing her, weren't they? Because well, she wasn't making any singing really. She was yeah. just fucked, wasn't she? So yeah. Uh, there is a there's, a there's a lot of interviews that you can see when people are talking to her. They'll ask her a question, and she'll answer momentarily for the first five seconds uh, with information that is regarding you know important to the question, and then she'll deviate and then wander off on a fucking mad tangent and start talking about shit that's not even relevant to the question. Yeah. Her eyes are rolling, and then she'll bring it back in and then wander off again. It was just fucking. Yeah. You can look at her and go, you're not, you can't string it together. This is fuck. It's like slow motion death. Yeah, it's really, really, really sad, man. Because well, it, it is completely avoidable. The thing is, like you're saying, everyone could see it happening as well. I mean, this sounds mental. But one of my friends, Chris, we were, we were funny. If we were talking about her, um, probably a couple of weeks before she died, and we were saying that she'd be fucking dead soon. And when it propped up on the news, I remember yeah. everyone was outside. It was outside the house, and I saw it, and I was just went, oh. yeah. You know, usually you go, oh fuck me, they're dead. You know what I mean? I just went, oh well, well yeah. we knew it was coming. Well, in, you know the, I mean? in the lead up to her death, she'd stopped drinking for a few weeks until she started again. Yeah. And she was actually found dead in a £2.6 million London home by a bodyguard. It was a, he's called Andrew Morris. He was like a good personal friend. Okay. Uh, he'd been on holiday for three days and he'd left her to her own devices. And she wasn't drinking, you see. Um, but probably not a good idea to leave somebody like that. She's very fragile, very troubled. And when he came back from holiday, he said that she'd, he knew she'd been drinking, but not like to her usual standards. Yeah. She wasn't fucking yeah, she wasn't it. Tw- twat-faced. She she drank for a further two days when he was there at a reasonable pace and he actually said that he'd seen her drunk many times in the past to know if she'd you know, yeah, yeah, too, too much. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she didn't overdrink. In the last days of the leading of her death, she, she wasn't drinking to get drunk. She was just doing it for like a normal person, but not really because you're yeah. Amy Winehouse yeah, and yeah. you can't have three pints and walk away. That's <laughs> yeah, not normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's bullshit in a way. So on the Friday night, he the day the night that she died, he could hear her laughing and listening to music, watching like YouTube or whatever in her room. Apparently, they both watch YouTube together of some of her gigs. Mm. And he last spoke to her at two a.m. on the Saturday before going to bed. He said that she was tipsy but calm, in good spirits. Um, well, yeah, Smirnoff is a good spirit, isn't it? So <laughs> <laughs> he checked in on her when he woke up at ten o'clock in the morning on Saturday. He said that he opened the door, looked in, she was lying on her bed and she didn't move at all, um, thinking that she's still asleep because it wasn't, you know, that's normal for her yeah, to... Yeah. Well, if it's up to two more and boozing and stuff, there's yeah. a chance that she's going to be asleep still at 10. She's yeah. not getting up for a jog at yeah, 9 yeah. o'clock in the yeah. morning. So that was normal. And ar- apparently around 2.30 to 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he said it was still silent and there was no noise coming from her room. So he thought, fuck it, I'll go and check in again. Because usually she'd be up, yeah, yeah. rummaging around, you know, doing, doing whatever. Yeah. You'd hear her... Um, then this is when he knew that some shit was going down because when he opened the door, she was in exactly the same position on the bed that he was in the morning. She hadn't moved one fucking bit. So he's like, oh my God, some shit. next level shit's yeah, come yeah. down. I could have, maybe I could have intervened earlier. Checked her pulse, couldn't find one. Called the emergency services straight away. Now when the paramedics arrived, they found her fully clothed on her bed. She had a laptop open. Um, she had three empty bottles of vodka on the floor, two large one litre ones and one small one. Now, you got to remember, he said that she wasn't drinking to get yeah, drunk. Yeah, yeah. So oh fr- three, litre, three litres of vodka. She yeah. could barely pick up one yeah, of the yeah. bottles. She's so small. She could live in it. Yeah. Fucking three bottles of vodka and barely drunk. What? Yeah, yeah. Like we say, she hadn't drank for three weeks leading up to her death and went straight back into it at normal amounts. Yeah. But her body wasn't ready. See, that, that's what fucked you. I had a mate who, who actually died from heroin and he ad- abstained for ages yeah. and then hit it again and it fucking to Just, his normal yeah. level 
and that to, was to it. the level he was previously, and then that, that wiped him out. Can't, can't hack it, yeah. The amount of alcohol found in Winehouse's body was enough to stop her from breathing and put her into a coma. I mean, she was there was 416 milligrams of alcohol per deciliter of blood. Doesn't really mean. I mean, I don't know what the I'm numbers I'm are. Not a doctor, but it's, it sounds pretty high anyway. Well, 200 milligrams. So she had drunk double this. 200 milligrams would somebody would start to lose control of their reflexes and 350 milligrams is considered a fatal level for a normal person of her size. And she had, what was it again? 416. Right, okay. Just for comparison, the legal limit for drivers, the, the drunk driving limit in the UK is 80 milligrams. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She's fucking five foot three. And yeah. she, was drink- she must have been drinking fatal amounts regularly yeah. to be able to withstand that. The autopsy also said that her vital organs including her liver, kidneys, and all the, you know, your drinking mm. organs that you need, were all in perfect health. I mean, that could just be her age. I don't know, man. She might have just be a miracle drinker. Yeah. Well, you, you know, like I say, earlier on, you can hear people who, who who are alcoholics and they die from liver failure and all that, and then you hear so much who live to like 100-odd, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're fucking boozing like a fucker even to the day they die. Mm. Yeah, oh, it does happen with a lot of this. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, a doctor saw her, apparently, the night before she, she, uh, she died, um, who said that um, she seemed calm but somewhat guilty because she'd been drinking. Oh, right. And said that the doctor was like, why are you drinking then? Why are you, if you feel guilty, why are you doing it? And she said, because I'm bored. I'm just bored. Yeah. She apologised several times. In that documentary called um, uh, Amy, I watched that on Friday, she won a Grammy, apparently. When we sh- I think it was a Grammy. I might be getting it wrong. Show how much attention I paid. And she'd won it. And she walked off the stage. And one of her mates was there. And she's like, what's it like? What's it like? You just won a fucking Grammy. And she's like, it's boring without drugs. You're like, oh my God. We've got mega problems. Yeah, yeah. You know what I this mean? This person yeah, needs to be sort of locked in you need a help. clean room you for need, a long time. You need time. to not do this job anymore. Yeah. You need to take your money, take your winnings and go and fucking Go, go to Barbados or something and just chill. stay there for a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> fucking, that's the only way you could help her. Uh, but also the doctor was asked about suicide, whether that could have been an issue, and said, nah, man, she, apparently she specifically said that she didn't want to die the night before she died. Okay. Coroner's verdict was misadventure, saying that she died of alcohol poisoning after binge drinking following a period of abstinence. She had drunk a level of alcohol common as commonly associated with fatalities. Okay. And she voluntarily consumed the booze. There was nothing yeah. suspicious. Um, but she had apparently been having a seizure of uh, a series of seizures brought on by binge drinking, and what people think is that she suffered because she was having seizures. People were looking right, after. Right. Okay. Yeah. She actually was hospitalised. They said that if you if you if you continue drinking, this might kill the you. The seizure from the drinking might kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that it's not it might not have been the drink which killed her. It was, well, the, th- it was the seizure from the drink which might have killed her. Yeah, they think that she might have had a seizure during the night at some point when the bodyguard had left her, yeah. but because there was no one there to help, she, I mean, you know, she, yeah. might, she might have lived, but yeah. I doubt it. I don't know. Well, I think if she did, she, I don't think she would have lasted much longer anyway. She was on a wrecking ball, wasn't she? Unless she went back to stopping drinking, but it, it, by the sound of it, she was going to get straight back on it. If she was drunk, if there was three empty bottles of uh, one litre bottles as well, you, you know, usually se- 70 centilitres. Yeah. So she's gone for the super king oh, size, yeah. super king size bottle of vodka. Super king size for the and pint three of them, woman. And there's three of them and she's drinking them, you know what I mean? So They also say that she might have died, have had brain damage, saying it's possible because... She had a mental illness, sort of. I don't know if it's an illness, whether she was just mixed up, but fucked over by everybody. But this brain damage could have come on from numerous alcohol overdoses and seizures that she was having. So it's not good, man. She had some cool tats, though, didn't she? Yeah, she did have some cool tats. 
fucking brilliant tattoos. Prison tattoos, some of them. Yeah. They were, weren't they? They mm-hmm. look like fucking yeah, right yeah. ones. But it adds to her, man. Yeah, yeah. I like it when she, I like it when they have like a normal human side. What's that tattoo? Oh, I got that when I was 10, mate. It's fucking terrible. Don't yeah, look yeah. at it. It's on her arm. Brilliant. Right then, so I think we should probably have a little drink and then get into our next poor unfortunate song. Okay, man. So I could just hear the uh, the toilet still going. Yeah, well, I just had a quick piss. Everybody thought you'd all like to know that. Yeah, that's it. Good piss. A long piss. Was it? Yeah, it was pretty long. To be fair, it's all that coffee. Yeah, it's all good. Kurt Cobain, what a fucking legend, man. Yeah. Kurt Donald Cobain. What can you say about him? He's basically a god. Yeah, in my opinion. I know you love him, don't you? A tortured, heroin addicted, unwashed legend. My girlfriend absolutely lo- loves him. Proper. Yeah, yeah. He's fucking picturing there. Yeah, I know. You got his um, finger um, signed. Yeah, finger with you as well. He and gave no shits. That man did. Yeah. He didn't care about anything. He didn't try and fit in. He didn't do anything. He was a, an angry individual, though. Yeah, yeah. He was a, bit, a slightly pissed off person. If yeah. you were to listen to his music, he resented fame and fortune, even though he wanted it and got it. Yeah. He was a loner who openly stated that he hated people, which. Yeah. It's not, I mean, you're a rock I star. I say that all the time, yeah, though. Fuck, I hate people. people. He was just a general <laughs> oddball. He's like, yeah, he's like you. So when, when people hear, like, when people think of self-destructive, like a self-destructive rock star, yeah. he's usually, well, he's for me, he's the one that I think of the most. Yeah. Followed by people like Ozzy Osbourne. <coughs> he was number one on the list, though. He was a fucking, a wreckhead. Yeah. Proper serious. His music, Nirvana, they were totally in your face. Can't. You can't misidentify hearing a Nirvana song. Can no, you, you can't. You can't you go. Is, is that is that them Jimmy and the Two yeah. Seeds or something? You know what I mean? No, you, you just know, don't you? Is that Smashing Pumpkins? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. fucking know, man. Yeah, is that Cliff Richard? Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so like in your face. Yeah, he, it's when you consider what he was like as an opinion. Because he he was quite an introvert, a shy person. His yeah. music didn't fit who he was. I think it was like almost like an alter ego. Okay, yeah. What he didn't want to be as a person, he would portraying his music but Nirvana got fucking mad. it's easy to forget how big they got I mean they were enormous yeah. weren't they and it was the only short period of time as well wasn't it it's one of them it's just suddenly rise to fame to the top and then exit yeah yeah <laughs> Their music was was really. I mean, probably their music got them where they were, but also because Kurt, he was um, no one had ever seen anyone like him. He was like a true icon. He was yeah. like a he was like a winehouse. He's like what you, you know, some some shit's gonna go down, but you're seeing a legend yeah. walk around like he'd, he'd really? stage dive into crowds of eighty thousand people yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and not give a shit about yeah. his own personal fucking safety. Yeah, he's great. It invented the Grenge, didn't he, as well, really? Yeah. You know, that's what he's, well, not well known for, but that's, you know, that is a true thing. He basically invented yeah, that yeah. type of music as he well. Was. He was. He, um, he never used limos. Like, people were like, you see rock stars getting picked up and they'd be like waving and getting limos. Nah, mate, he tried to use public transport or taxis, mm. tried to set up his own gear. To me, the music is, 
incredibly powerful. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it is that I like about him. I think it's, I think it is the power, the energy behind it. And you can tell, like, 10 seconds into a Nirvana gig that it's going to be insane. And they all were fucking, every single one of their gigs was brilliant. Even the shit ones yeah. were fucking amazing. Um, but they're like Marmite or Vegemite. You either love them or hate them. Yeah. And I fucking love them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he was born on the 20th of February, 1967, in Aberdeen, Washington. He died on the 5th of April, 1994. So, again, scary fucking dates, isn't it? Yeah. To cram all your life in between. Yeah. He came from a rural logging town. Wasn't a lot going on. Everybody that lived in the town either worked in that industry. Yeah, yeah. It was like, like we have like coal miners. That's it's it. like a coal mining village. Yeah, that, everyone used to work there. Everyone knew each other. Yeah, yeah. If, if you didn't work in in the uh, in the logging, sort you of weren't living there in a way. Well, you, yeah. you, the people that worked that stayed there would support it. Like yeah, there'd yeah. be um, whatever infrastructure around it, whether it be calves or you know whatever yeah. they were. You know, it's it's very bleak. Yeah. And I think he knew his future was probably going to be stuck there. Yeah. Doing crap stuff that he didn't want to do yeah. unless he, you know. Broke out. Yeah, and did something reckless and, and, it, and it, well, he did, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he fucking got then out all right. Yeah. Did it good and proper. Um, his mum was a waitress and his dad was a car mechanic. So it's like normal, normal people, normal family life. Yeah. But I'll add this here. Both his mum and his dad had a history of mental problems. Okay. So it's like, tick. Yeah. And I'll check this. the first one, tick. Yeah. It was a loving family. People say that Kurt was a happy child. He was always smiling. Um, Good-mannered boy. Loved life. Loved art. Loved music. He was just a nice young lad. He was. There was no telltale signs of any sort of demons inside. Yeah. He was, he was fucking a far cry from how he appeared in, in the public eye. His mum was banging to music, and that's what... I mean, it's not Winehouse in it. It's in the it's in the family. Yeah, that's why he got into uh, into tunes because of the parents' influence. His first instrument though was the drums, apparently. Okay. But he didn't have a real kit. It was too expensive, so he played on pots and pans, which yeah, is yeah. pretty fucking cool. Yeah, man. it's pretty cool. If you had a recording of Kurt Cobain playing that, out, I can see him sitting out the front playing. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, when we go through what happened to him, you'll understand why bands and artists like Nirvana and Kurt Cobain are few and far between because you've got to have some next level shit happen to you but you've also then got to achieve fame yeah, yeah. and then s- coherently put it into an art form that everyone c- it's like a series of bad circumstances that have got <laughs> yeah, yeah, to yeah. where you are so his happy life completely carefree because it was ended when his parents divorced when he was eight uh, apparently it was over money issues okay um being in a tiny little town it's not helpful There's not a lot of your horizons aren't very broad uh, he was totally aw- unaware that this was going to happen. And it, well, really, his, his world collapsed. I mean, at eight, you can't grasp. You can't grasp what a divorce really means. No, you don't really know. It's just all you know is mommy um, or daddy is going away, basically. It got really bad. They were constantly screaming at each other, saying hurtful shit right in front of him, you know, showing a nasty side to themselves that he didn't know existed. Now, for an eight-year-old boy to hear parents screaming they hate each other and get the fuck out or whatever... If you weren't aware that was going to happen and it suddenly started happening, you know, he was a very sensitive lad, apparently. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you wouldn't know that from Nirvana's music. No, no, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, it's true, though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's mental, isn't it? That, 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 that kind of calibre of aggressive music came from really what people are regarding as an almost quiet, silent individual. Yeah. But when he when all this was happening, his parents splitting up, he couldn't. He couldn't really understand what was going on. It affected him badly. He retreated into himself, closing off to other people. Um, his mum 
moved on and started seeing somebody else. Now, you, you, you're going to, aren't you? Mm. It's life. That fucked him up even more. His world was completely broken. You know, seeing a split is one thing, but when your mum remarries, and like that's not even your dad. Yeah. So he, that, that freaked him out. He asked his dad not to remarry. And his old man says, yeah, yeah I ain't going to remarry, don't worry. But he did when he was 11. And okay. I don't think he realised that how much it was going to fuck him up. And his new wife, his old man's new wife, had two children. Okay. They got all the attention. So not only is his mum married, yeah. now his dad's married, and now he's got two more fucking kids that, coming yeah. into his family who are older than him. Um, and what it was like a once a solid block of, of love that would last forever in his eyes is now being fucking completely destroyed. Yeah. And it, this, this was the beginning of the mighty Kurt that we were all familiar with. This is where he came from. He became lost and a lonely person. He was completely abandoned by his family, and he, he sort of began to blame himself. When his parents split, he briefly lived with his mom, but okay. ended, ended up moving with his dad. And at 14, he moved out of his old man's house and started living with various family members because he got remarried and he brought other kids in. He was like, fuck this. Mm. What the fuck's going on? So he, he was living with family members and friends. And he's basically sofa surf. Yeah, yeah. Literally yes. was, you know, like, like a nomad. He did, And he kind of lived like that up until Nirvana fame. Okay. Until he had the uh, the dough to do his own thing. Yeah. Um, so in a few years, he went from like a seemingly solid family to sleeping on sofas whilst his parents started new lives with different people and had children of their own. Yes, it's kind of like he's been... Pu- feel, he feels like he's been pushed away, doesn't he, as well? So, yeah. yeah. I mean, imagine if they hadn't split up. He might, like... It wouldn't have fucked him up. He might be working in an office somewhere. Mm-hmm. You, Kurt yeah, Cobain. Kurt Cobain, uh, yeah. Go, go and speak to Kurt Cobain in IT. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, talking this about. Sounds one hour, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, you're going in to got a problem with a hard drive or something. You go down to IT to see Kurt Cobain. Yeah. You're thinking he's going to be some crazy rocker, and he's just like a normal bloke. Yeah, probably fat and podgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably is. Yeah, probably bold. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're Kurt Cobain. Yeah, yeah. You're better off dying. The, al- mate. the alternative, alternative universe. <laughs> yeah, he lived with his uncle. Um, his uncle was a good dude. Actually, he tried to help him. He said for his birthday, you can pick whatever you want. Pick whatever, in- whatever present you want and he picked a guitar obviously that's uh, a way he f- was able to figure out how he could express himself mm. he suffered from bad health from the get go he had depression yeah. which came on probably because of uh, family fuckery um, and a crippling mystery stomach illness which plagued him right to the end or so he says it was like chronic pain he, b- he blamed it on the way he sang as well he said the way I, I'm, I'm very guttural in my singing and it's aggravating my it's wrecking his stomach apparently so he had a curvature of the spine, which is, uh, well, he says was aggravated by the weight of carrying the guitar all the time. Probably, maybe, I don't know. Who knows? He started doing drugs when he was 13, smoking a bit of weed, whatever. Then he um, got stuck into LSD, apparently, in massive quantities. Nice. <laughs> which helps form your art, I suppose. And he would huff solvents as well. Whatever he could get. Solvents. Yeah, Yeah, man. I'd go on mad booze binges as the norm. All that combined with being unstable and in one of the biggest bands of the planet at the time and also being a spokesperson for a whole generation. You can see how shit gets out of control, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I often think that sometimes before people get famous, they should go, okay, this is what's going to happen. We can tell there's a good chance now that your band is going to go fucking ballistic. So what we need to do is we need to sit you down with a psychiatrist and figure out whether you'll be able to take what's about to happen to you. Yeah, yeah. He even said that there should be some sort of course that like rock stars go on before they become rock stars to help you prepare for how crazy it's going to get. Yeah. Because it is. It's It's just nuts. He took heroin for the first time in... 
fucking that drug. In 1986, when he was 19, uh, he said he used it on and off, which is rare for yeah. fucking heroin, because usually that fucker gets under your skin. Yeah. And the next thing you know, you're living under a bridge, totally homeless, with scabs going through your socks, yeah. sucking off tramps for money. Yeah, <laughs> for pints of vodka. Yeah, yeah. That's a result, that is. <laughs> <laughs> he said he took heroin for no other reason but to manage the stomach pain that he was enduring. Like, it's self-medication. He said he shot up three da- for three days, continuously, and then he didn't have any stomach pain. He thought, fuck it. Yeah. Job done. This yeah. is what I'm doing. So he just kept using. But doctors have said that it's probably more likely that the heroin was making his stomach worse. Yeah, but he was just saying that to cover. I mean, yeah, to just to try and hide the addiction or something. Or yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's a junkie, yeah. man. He's, yeah. you can't really trust what he says when it comes to yeah. If he's smoking weed and doing solvents and all that as well, yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when he was on heroin, he was he was he puke up a lot. He was pr- he's prone to vomiting. Now Ozzy Osbourne said that when he did heroin, it made him puke up, and yeah. that's the only thing that stopped him from being killed. He said because he he hated puking. If he if that did that effect hadn't hadn't happened, he'd, like that side, he'd be dead. Yeah, he said I wouldn't not just be on heroin. I'd be dead. There's no way that he'd survive. Yeah, yeah, fuck it up. But apparently, when you puke up, heroin addicts and junkies call it vomiting with a smile. Horrible, uh, isn't it? So you're like, but you're so happy because you feel so good. What the fuck? It's incredible, yeah. isn't it? It's horrible. He was a br- he was a brilliant artist as well. He painted some. Have you seen some of his artwork? No, I don't think I've seen. If you it. look on some, I think it was. Incesticide, one of the album covers. Incesticide, I love it. Um, so it's weird, weird, dark, like humanoid figures. And it's a very interesting style of art that he had. Like yeah. lots of greys, blacks, browns, really dark, cool colours. Very distinctive, proper heroin art. You know what I mean? Crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crazy shit, just go and have a look at that, man. But Nirvana's second album called Nevermind blasted them into orbit. It sold millions worldwide. And they began, the band began intense touring which Kurt seemed to hate. See, I don't think that they would have ever, in a million years, thought that that, that Nevermind was going to do what it did. No. They just suddenly found themselves going, oh, oh my God. On top of everything, all of a sudden. Yeah, we're not playing little theatres. They want us to play fucking stadiums. Yeah. This is crazy. <laughs> and look at him, he's the lead singer. Yeah, he's looking He can't even nuts. fucking yeah. eat a sandwich. Yeah. You want him to do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Nevermind was mainstream as fuck. Um, and he thought the band would be labelled as a sellout because it became so big, and that was something that he, he was against all the time. He didn't want to be, he didn't want to be like a commercial band. But unfortunately, the success of that album pushed him sort of that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he fought against it, and he tried. He started. He uh, stayed true to his roots, which probably didn't help that much. No. But it started to go downhill really fast from here on in. He got rich. Really, I mean, like ridiculously rich, and a mentally unstable, depressed millionaire junkie in the biggest band of the world, surrounded by people that always say yes and other junkies, is probably not a good and, idea. And people who would just give him stuff because he's Kurt Cobain. When he died, he was worth a hundred million dollars. Fuck, that's not bad for a fucking little weirdo from Seattle, is yeah, it? It was, it was um, super quick as well, wasn't it? You know what I mean? Really, three years, yeah, four years, something like that. Fuck. And today, his estate is worth $450 million. So he's earned more money dead than he was alive. Wow, it's like um, God looking chainsaw, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, what, what was it? Uh, uh, suicide is painless, or so it has been said. I could have... Killed myself, probably better off dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, um, what was it? Um, I'm trying to remember the, the, the lyrics. It's like... Um, Suicide's Hutch- messy, but it's money for free or something. Yeah, Michael it? Hutchins, one of the two, made 100 million quid, died <laughs> wanking on the loo. 
<laughs> some geezer called Jesus nailed himself up to some wood. 2,000 years later and book sales are still good. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what Jimi Hendrix and his amp Jimi Hendrix guitar and his amp still ain't making no sound or something like yeah. what was the lyrics of that Kirk, one Kirk Cobain's rich as fuck the fucker's buried in the ground yeah. Jimi Hendrix on his mic still ain't making no sound <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant goldy looking show uh, but his daughter I mean he's worth like nearly half a billion quid now his daughter apparently spends 150 half a billion well it's 450 million oh it? right okay yeah yeah yeah. it's fucking crazy his, uh, his daughter spends 150 grand a month what what are you spending it on uh, but he wasn't ready for fame and actually openly said that he hated it. He didn't like people being into Nirvana who were not full-on grunge fans. He found Nirvana had become too mainstream, like something that grunge and punk fans would despise. He said, um, I'm too stubborn to allow myself to ever compromise our music or turn into big rock stars. I just don't feel like that. Really? You had a hundred million yeah. pounds when you died at twenty-seven. You don't reckon you were a big rock star? No. Yeah. He's, well, he, he's obviously quite. Um, <coughs> he obviously, like you say, he's, he's a bit re- reserved to himself, and he probably just thought, "No, I'm still myself. I'm not famous. I'm, I am Kurt Cobain. Yeah, I'm change. not. I'm not any different to when I was when I was eleven or whatever." So, like he said, he didn't want to be famous, but. His widow, Courtney Love, said that he wrote to every single major record label asking to be signed. I mean, who knows if that's true, but it probably is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? He hated discrimination. He didn't want homophobic people or racist people showing up at gigs, and he openly said as much, which is fucking fair play. He felt like his cool little community of crazy little punk grunge fans when the band were underground, they were really cool, his type of people. That little group, that net, that community got bigger as Nirvana and Nevermind got bigger mm. and he started attracting in people that he didn't really like and that he didn't really want pe- you know, them to hear his music. He also said he didn't care about like bootlegging his music. He said you could just record albums and give them to your friends. I don't care. Yeah. Still made 100 million quid. Yeah, exactly, yeah. He said he didn't care about money at all. I mean, you can see that by the way he dressed and the way he behaved. He, di- he didn't change. Not no. one single bit. Just stayed true to himself. Um, at the um, Nevermind release party, when they uh, released the album, he, he, him and the band got thrown out. Of <laughs> their own party. Yeah, he was just apparently just being off the heads and starting a, starting a food fight. Oh, wicked. <laughs> I love that. Awesome, man. yeah. That's how much he, he thought it was mainstream. Fuck it, I'll get thrown yeah. out my own... Thrown out my own party, It yeah. was like that. So, somewhere, I read somewhere that like, security tried to throw him out after one a- arena gig. Like, they'd done the gig and like everyone's doing their own thing backstage party yeah. and, and he was wandering around the, the mosh pit or where the people were like just booting rubbish about and just m- mooching around and the security tried to frame out thinking that he was a tramp they were like mate get out and he's like what the fuck so I just fucking played in they're like nah out mate like, <laughs> yeah, what are you talking yeah, yeah, about yeah. I'm Kurt Cobain you can't yeah yeah they just didn't hadn't, hadn't got a clue hadn't got a clue that's how sort of normal I suppose or abnormal you'd look if you thought they thought he was a tramp yeah yeah a multi-millionaire rock star walking yeah, around kicking shit they probably thought he was a tramp because he's probably looking for money or something that yeah. might have fallen out of people's pockets probably was <laughs> yeah yeah I don't care for money he's trying to pick up money he's off probably the floor. trying to find drugs oh 2p <laughs> yeah. I bet he was but trying probably, to find drugs probably yeah he probably someone was. must have dropped some pills around here yeah <laughs> He, uh, he thought he found happiness when he married Courtney Love, who was a fellow junkie, and she was also the lead singer of um, Hole, which is a great name for a band. Yeah. He married her in 1992, uh, February. Now, a lot of Kurt's friends hated her, like openly hated her, saying that she was using him for the band, for her band, Hole's own fame, just trying to publicise her yeah, yeah. Trying via to proxy it. of being near Nirvana. Uh, his friends also went as far as saying that she got him hooked on heroin, and the press loved that. Of course you're going to fucking love it. Yeah. They love that shit. It was a junkie couple. 
something to run with there. And um, when Courtney became pregnant, the press went fucking crazy, yeah. claiming that Courtney was injecting heroin when pregnant, um, saying it's, it's child abuse. It's going to lead to a junkie baby. Yeah, a fucked up, yeah, a fucked up child. Yeah, with medical issues or whatever. But Francis, Francis Bean Cobain, cool name, man. That is pretty cool. She's born. Say. He's cool, isn't it? She was born on the 18th of August, 1992, and she was totally cool. Now, Courtney Love didn't help matters because she claimed to have gone on a massive heroin binge with uh, Kurt Cobain in early 1992. Now, this was around the time when Francis was conceived. She actually said that she binged for a couple of months. Yeah. So they knew that this was going on while she was carrying. Uh, some of her friends were actually encouraging her to get an abortion, yeah. saying that the baby's going to, like... Fucking hell. You know what I mean? Fucking get an abortion, because your baby's going to be all yeah, mangled. Yeah, People are fucking arseholes, aren't they? You know what I mean? Kirk, um, Kirk Cobain's bandmate, Chris Novoselic, um, refused to go to their wedding and, and basically is like a... Um, uh, he's trying to make a stand here. And he said he, he was open about it. He said, I'm not going because I'm disturbed about um, the amount of drugs that they were taking. He's just trying to make a point, but you can't reason with a junkie. Yeah. And he was a full-on junkie at this point. Friends were getting really concerned, saying that their apartment was a complete fucking wreck constantly. They were in and out of rehab struggling to stay clean even with a baby this was going on yeah 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 and this drug is a motherfucker man you, you know you, you can't fuck with it no the press went after him knowing that it would sell papers and magazines like forcing him into the mainstream media more which he hated he mm. was sort of uh, not knowingly doing it but he was compounding the problem and making himself more famous by yeah. just being himself yeah yeah, just, yeah yeah you know bad well, that's, well yeah but he's, he's stuck to himself, you know, which is good, I suppose, isn't it? So around all the media attention and public outcry that was forming, and in the days before social media, it was hard to public reta publicly retaliate against the press or even defend yourself. I mean, like now, you can just go on Twitter and go, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. Take a picture of yourself if they think you're a junkie and show that you're not or whatever. But during 1992, it got really bad for him, and he was, he was seen in some really bad conditions publicly. Yeah. Um, uh, and clearly, he was smacked up during a lot of gigs. And yeah. the press were reporting that Kurt's in hospital, he's been arrested, he's overdosed, Courtney's overdosed, the baby's been born deformed. Yeah, there all this shit coming out, yeah. So what he did is, when Nirvana played the Reading Festival, shortly after Francis Bean Cobain had been born, he turned up late on purpose, just to fuck with... Because everyone thinks he's a smackhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he turns up late just to fuck with people. When he... when um. He actually came onto stage. He was wheeled onto the stage in a wheelchair as a headline act yeah. in, and uh, dressed in like a, a white medical gown and had a blonde wig on. And the crowd were like fucking going nuts because yeah, they yeah. didn't know what the fuck. They heard all this in the press. Yeah, yeah. Thinking he's, fu yeah, fucked, thinking he's yeah. bollocks. And he's coming on in a wheelchair in a medical and gown. Got, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Chris never said it. The bass player was saying to the crowd that it, he said it was too pa it's too painful to watch. And with the support of his friends and his family, he's going to make it. You know, playing yeah, to, yeah, playing taking to the, the media, piss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He then, uh, Kurt then seemed to like struggle to stand up. Barely, barely having the energy. He just barely got to the microphone where he muttered some like, random fucking nonsense to the, you know, yeah, yeah, 80,000 yeah. people in the crowd before collapsing on the floor. He just fell straight back onto the floor, bonk, on the floor, dead man. And everyone's going nuts because they think he's, the press is right. Yeah, yeah. He's a junkie. Look mm -hmm. at him. He then coherently, that's the important bit, he coherently stands up, picks up his guitar and then just blasts the shit out of them all <laughs> yeah. for like an hour <laughs> and a half. And it was one of Nirvana's best, like regarded as one of their best gigs. Yeah. And it was a massive 
a massive fuck you. It was fueled yeah. by anger, man. It's brilliant. Have you seen that? I've, I've seen the, the clip at the beginning. Um, I'm, I've probably seen a song or two through the, the gig, but I haven't watched a whole lot. So maybe that's what I'll have to do tonight. Yeah, do it, man. They rehearsed for that gig. Uh, once <laughs> Did the, oh right okay the night before <laughs> <laughs> and Dave Grohl was saying he thought it was going to be a complete disaster because he was just fucked up yeah but he was wrong man yeah. but he did struggle through a lot of that gig if you watch him he fucks up so much yeah but I like it yeah I like that because he's human you know yeah I mean? it, that's it and he's, he's just probably off his tits as well though as well, well so. he was, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. that's the thing the press were right yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> he, he wore the blonde wig apparently pretending to be Courtney Love yeah, well. right. He's a real fucking real fingers up to him. Yeah, uh, it was Nirvana's last UK gig though. That yeah. So it's kind of like you know a little bit somber, a little bit sad. Yeah. But he went out with a fucking blast though. Yeah. There. Um. So it seems that some of the stories in the press were true or had some truth to them because within weeks of Francis Bean Cobain's birth, she was taken away from uh, Kurt and Courtney by welfare services okay and they were claiming that it was justified based on media reports of inappropriate home life for a newborn mm. so it's, it's so media they, reports so they're going on what someone else has said yeah but it's who are but these other people but they they can see you know when you see when you see clips and stuff obviously him hammered and like fucked you, you might think well this may be going on at home but yeah you know who am i to judge you know what i mean yeah i mean a baby living in a junkie house is serious business yeah. but the case was dropped and uh, Frances will return to her parents. Now, she was, though, taken away from Courtney Love a few times after Kurt Cobain's death for her own safety um, and lived with Kurt Cobain's mum on numerous occasions. So it's not unfounded. No. <clears throat> I think that it was going on. Yeah. Um, but, you know, whatever, man. You can't see all that pain. Uh, the thing is, it's like all the shit that Kurt went through as a youngster, he's starting to put onto his own child. Mm -hmm. You're reproducing the shit that you're... Yeah, onto you, yeah. You hate, you yeah. know what I mean? It's so fucked up, so sad. So let's have a look at some of his song titles and lyrics. As Rob said earlier, Rape Me. Yeah, that's a good tune to start with. It was a, it's an anti-rape song. Some of the lyrics are, Hate me, do it and do it again. Waste me, rape me, my friend. I'm not the only one. Yeah. Something in the way, that's a song about him basically saying that he's in the way of himself. He's fucking himself up. Yeah. Underneath the bridge, some of the lyrics, Tarp has sprung a leak and the animals I've trapped have all become my pets and I'm living off of grass and the di and the drippings from the ceiling, but it's okay to eat fish because they don't have any feelings. It's like, what? <laughs> it's, it's dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it paints, is dark. In my mind, it's a dark it's, picture. Yeah, You've you got like a, a, a tramp struggling under a, a wet bridge. You know what I mean? He's, he's captured animal, animals probably to try and eat, but he, now he's friends and he's <laughs> eating grass and he's... Yeah. He lived under a bridge apparently as well. well. There you go. Apparently that was written when he was down there, like homeless. Other song titles. I love this one. I hate myself and I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think that's okay. Yeah, it's a joyful one. What's that's about. Yeah. Negative Creep um, and Heart Shaped Box. Now, Heart Shaped Box is a song about Courtney Love and the Heart Shaped Box is a reference to her uterus... Not cervix, lads from your weak and stupid. If you're not sure what that is, go and check out their most recent episode. But um, <laughs> the lyrics from Heart Shaped Box are about um, an aborted fetus from its viewpoint, and it was supposed to be called Heart Shaped Coffin. Yeah, yeah. oh, right, okay, Heart I see, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the lyrics, She has me like a Pisces when I am weak. I've been locked inside your Heart Shaped Box for weeks. I've been drawn into your magnet tar pit trap. I wish I could eat your cancer when you turn black. Oh. Now, apparently, uh, it was in um, 
I've got an old Kurt Cobain magazine down there from like it was like an anniversary thing, and it tells you a lot of song meanings. Apparently, "Magnet Tar Pit Trap" is a reference um, to Courtney Love's vagina. Okay. A magnet tar pit trap. I suppose it's quite sticky. You can't get away from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Throw down your umbilical noose so I can climb right back. It's creepy yeah, words, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to come back as fire and burn all the liars and leave a blanket of ash on the ground. <laughs> He's a bit of a, uh, you know what I mean? They're the, good, the good lyrics, though, they are, when you think about it. Very descriptive. Yeah, you can kind of, as much as it sounds weird, you can put a picture to it as well, do you know what I mean? Absolutely. So after all the negative press he was getting, it started to get too much, um, pushed him over the edge. And during the band's last tour, which was in utero in 1994, he got ill, apparently. Had okay. to cancel shows. He got bronchitis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you all right, mate? You got some antibiotics for that, have you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you yeah. Ta- you've been taking them for the past 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> and is it called heroin? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was exhausted, um, as well as like drugs and depression. Each, each Nirvana gig was a full-on, intense workout. Mm. He's not just standing there. He's I mean, smashing shit up diving into the audience. He took it out of him, man. You know what I mean? Uh, people were following him everywhere he wanted, wanting interviews, like you were saying, following him out for meals. He's just a he's just a grubby di- little dude from Seattle. Yeah, That's yeah. all he was. But people see him as a, as a god. Yeah. And his family as well. They all sort of... seems that they suffered from mental illness. A lot of his relatives were depressed and alcoholics. Not good. Suicide was also in his family. And two of his uncles killed themselves. Okay. One of them... Shot himself in the stomach, then the head. Shot himself in the stomach, then then the head. Yeah. Fucking hell. Do you want to have? Ah, that didn't work. Do you like Team America? Do you want a hammer? Yeah, I know. know Just just shoot yourself in the head, mate. Make it easy for yourself. Yeah, just shoot yourself in the head. Don't go for the stomach. Just just go for the main thing straight away. Just fucking lights out, mate. You know what I mean? So it was in his family, and and when he was young, this is a bit creepy. He used to do like um, film his own movies, like fucking about whatever. Uh, as a child, and in one scene, he filmed himself committing suicide. So, th- writing's yeah. on the wall. His daughter, Frances Bean Cobain, had a um, a suicide-themed fancy dress party for her 16th birthday. What? What would you have gone as? Suicide-themed? I would have gone as, um, uh, I don't know. I would have gone as, I would have gone as Kirk Cobain. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, yeah, okay, right, let me think. Um... Do you know what I mean? I don't know. That's weird. It's a weird thing to do, isn't it? Considering your dad, you knew your dad fucking killed himself 16 years ago. And now you want a suicide-themed fancy dress party. Yeah. That's that's a bit mental. Weird, isn't it? In July 1993, he overdosed after injecting heroin before a gig. Now, Courtney Love apparently had to inject him with a drug called Narcan, which helps reverse the effects of heroin. And he still went on and did the gig. (laughs) Right, okay. Even though he just overdosed on heroin. Yeah. And it was fucking brilliant. It seems that that made it better, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Apparently, she'd uh, she'd injected him many times before. This wasn't new. Yeah. She'd be she, doing it on the reg. It, yeah. She even did it in front of his mum and his sister one point when he just collapsed. He's like, oh, don't worry, I'll get the Narcan out, bosh. They're like, what's happening? Yeah, you get, you this isn't normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's all right. It's fine. You know, it's fucking crazy. Um, she, Courtney Love appar- apparently OD'd quite a lot. And Frances Bean had, uh, had to inject her mother on numerous occasions to bring her back from the edge. Fuck. When she was a young, when she's only young now, but fucking hell, man, it, it was that's grim, isn't it? Yeah, it's grim. Dave Grohl said that um, when the band was touring in like far off, amazing countries, they'd play the gigs and then go to the after parties and chill, and then they go back to their uh, try to burp, go back to their hotel rooms, and then rest up 
and relax. And then the next day, what they'd all do is they'd meet up with the roadies, friends, family, and whatever. And then they'd go they'd go out and see that country, like yeah, you know, yeah, Brazil or whatever, or go out and have yeah. a look at it. Not Kurt, not Kurt or Courtney. They would not come out. They'd lock, they'd go to their room, lock the door. The wind, the curtains would be closed. The rooms were fucked. They're like chairs and stuff everywhere. Pitch black, music blaring, TV on silent, just a junkie yeah. squat. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just, I mean, that's a symptom of some shit going down. Yeah. If you're in mad cunt, they realise how lucky they were to be, you know, in fucking wherever they were. Yeah, but they just didn't, yeah. It just didn't want to yeah. do anything, go out and, yeah. Weren't interested. No. And during the in, in utero tour, he came close to death after slipping into a coma in Rome. This is on March the 3rd, 1994, so very close to his death. He was drinking and doing drugs with his missus. Now, she apparently passed out and woke up in the morning at about 5.30 a.m. to find him lying on the floor next to the bed, completely un- unrepo- unresponsive and bleeding out of one nose. She was like, fuck, what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, yeah. Called the paramedics, taken to hospital, stomach pumped. They took out 50 row hypnol pills. That's not an accident. No. You know what I mean? 50 row hypnols, that's, that's suicide got written all over it, isn't it? Well, that's what they say. It was a suicide attempt. A lot of people said, no, he just overdosed. 50? 50 pills? You don't accidentally take 50 pills? No. You know what I mean? Yeah, if, you, if, you, if you're having a good time, I can't imagine many druggies would be able to do 50 pills and go, that's normal. Shocking, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, he was full on off the rails at this point and literally crashing in front of everybody and nobody knew what to do. But in hindsight, it was the beginning of the end. He only survived another month after that incident. Yeah. So being surrounded by junkie, junkie mates and, and them sponging off you and always wanting to go further, let's get some more. I mean, you know, you can see how you can get trapped in this. Yeah. He said this once. He said, if you die... You're completely happy and your soul lives somewhere. I'm not afraid of dying. Total peace after death. Becoming someone else is the best hope I've got. Mm. Shark. It's fucking, you know what I mean? It's frightening to hear that coming from a friend. So we're going to his death here. So eight days after Nirvana returned from Rome where he overdosed. um, People close to him said that he was literally going insane. He was, like, not making any sense. He was like going off the rails. Relations with the band Nirvana were getting bad, and so was his relationship with his wife. On March the 18th, he had a massive row with Courtney. She called the police, and he locked himself in a room in the house with a handgun and said he was going to kill himself. Mm. So she, the feds came round and booted the door open to get him out because there's a risk of a life being lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, ah, I wasn't really going to do it. I wasn't really. I was only fucking about. Whatever, man. That's not cool. Don't no. do that. On March the 25th, friends and family basically staged an intervention. They were getting... This is you close to the end. help. Yeah, yeah. You just fear, catch him and... Yeah. Fearing he was going to do something like bad. At this point, he was erratic and not making any sense. Now, Courtney threatened to leave him if mm. he didn't get any help. And band members were saying, if you don't change, if you don't sort yourself out, it's over. The band's gone, yeah. We can't carry on because it's killing you. Yeah. Now, he sort of agreed. He played a little bit of lip service. So he was scheduled to fly to LA to like a posh celebrity rehab centre before he, f- he fucking hated them things anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, but before he flew on the 30th of March, he asked a friend to buy him a shotgun and a box of ammo. Now, shockingly... His mate did this, wow. considering everything that was going yeah, on around yeah. him, and they're staging interventions, and he's threatened to kill himself yeah. once already. What, yeah. What, what, didn't he question why he's wanting a shotgun? Well, he did, and it, Kurt said that he wanted it for protection, like home protection from okay. like, trespassers. But still, yeah. Whatever, man. That's he's paranoid. got guns already, isn't he? So. Just something fucking going yeah. down here. So apparently, on the way home, he dropped the shotgun off at his house and then flew to LA to the Exodus Recovery Center. Uh, for treatment, so everyone's thinking, thank God, mm. let's yeah, see where this goes. He's, he's turning. 
Yeah. He stuck rehab out for two days, only two days. Yeah. On the 2nd of April, a friend went to visit him, thinking that he'd be like totally fucked up and mangled, burnt out, ramming, yeah, yeah. cold turkey. Apparently, he was completely fine. He looked cool. Yeah, Could have yeah. been a black. Yeah. Uh, at some point on the 2nd of April after that friend had left he told rehab staff that he was going out for a smoke in like the compound because it was like a secure yeah, yeah. facility and they were like yeah go on then out you go can't trust a juggie because he, uh, he he went outside and just climbed over the fence and, and fucking this ran and yeah. just did one nobody knew where he'd gone because this is like 1994 it's pretty easy to track someone down now there'd be yeah. photographs of him yeah, everywhere yeah. Um, and he, he basically jumped the, f- the fence and flew back to Seattle um, now, there's an interesting story about his last autograph here. A fan met him in Seattle Airport on the 2nd of April, the day that he escaped from the rehab centre and flew back. Mm. He signed his name. He was like, Kurt, can I have a signature? He's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Signed his name, and he also signed the date, which is odd. I don't think you usually do that. Yeah. Uh, and it, the date that he signed it was the 2nd of April, but he didn't write down the 2nd of April. He wrote down Kurt Cobain, 5th of April, 1994, the day that he killed himself. That was three days in the future. So was it? Was that like a, a fucking like a plan? Was yeah. it a message? Was it? I don't know. Or was he just so out of his head he, he didn't did, know what the fuck yeah. he was doing? But anyway, strange, that is. it is, isn't it? It's yeah. cool. I'm fucking happy to have that autograph. Yeah, yeah. All sad. Worth a load of money. Quinton. <laughs> his wife cancelled all the credit cards and hired a, a private investigator. She knew he couldn't have access to money because he'd just go over the over yeah, the edge. His mum filed a missing persons report and even told the police to check the house, which they did but didn't find him. People had been to his house numerous times, couldn't find him. And sometime on the 5th of April, he barricaded himself into a greenhouse that was above his garage. He put a chair in front of the door, like wedging it down, took his driving license out of his pocket, put it on the floor, so um, yeah, so, so feds know who it yeah. was. He then wrote a rambling one-page suicide note, seeming suicide note, in red ink, which was sort of titled to his uh, imaginary friend, Bodder, I believe it's pronounced, um, who, by the way, he blamed his imaginary friend for all the bad shit that had happened in his life. So it's kind of like, is that like a split personality, mm. alter ego? Anyway, he put the note that he just wrote into a plant pot. He got a cigar box out, like a wooden cigar box that he used to keep all his heroin equipment in, like yeah, needles, yeah. belts, fucking spoons, lighters, whatever, shit like that. He sat on the floor, took his deer hunter hat off that he used to wear all the time, he injects himself with a massive quantity of heroin, enough to kill him. He picked up the shotgun, put it under his chin, and then pulled the trigger with his thumb. And that was it. Yeah. Matter of fact, over. He was dead for two, they reckon between two and a half and three days before he was found. When when did they find him? What day? Uh, they found him on the 8th of April, just before nine o'clock in the morning. It was actually it was found by um, uh, an electrician called Gary Smith. He was installing a security system. Now, the shotgun was still on his chest at this point. No mm. one had body was completely undisturbed. Yeah. He looked through the windows because he was knocking trying to see if there's anyone in and he thought that it was a mannequin. Lying, okay, right. Which is a bit weird but yeah. um, Kurt was really into like human anatomy and he connect he collected like baby fetuses, like plastic baby fetuses yeah, yeah. and hollowed yeah, out. Yeah, weird. weird shit. Yeah, if you look at it in show you'll see it all. Um, and he had them dotted around the house. Um, so he thought it was that and then he was like, nah man, that's a person. He thought he was asleep then. He thought, is that is that Kurt Cobain just asleep? And then, then he saw all the blood, apparently, that was pulled up on the floor, mm. come out of his ears. According to the medical report, obviously heroin was in his system. Yeah. And traces of Valium were also in his blood. The amount of smack in his bloodstream was enough to kill a person dead. Yeah. Um, you know, 
it's like what they said about Winehouse with the booze. It's like a, it's like he tried to double suicide. Yeah, basically. totally destroy himself. I'm going to inject myself with. I'm a making level. sure I'm going this time. Yeah, I'll die from the heroin, but if that's not enough. I'm going to blow face, my yeah. fucking head off with yeah. a shotgun as well. He, apparently, he was only identified by his fingerprints, but I've heard that his head was relatively intact, but, you know, whatever. Yeah. Doesn't There's no, no, well, there probably is pictures, but like... There are the, pictures, yeah. But uh, is there pictures of him, his face, I mean? Not I know his there's face. pictures of him... I've seen the pictures of him lying down. It's like through a window, isn't it? Take it. Yeah, there's one that you can see the back of his... Because he had, like, fucking blonde hair, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. blonde hair. You can see his hair's all sort of... Sp- like um, sp- fanned out on the floor yeah. where his head's gone back and hit the floor with force mm. and like fell backwards and it doesn't look all mad it just literally looks like a normal person lying yeah. down but whatever man uh, before his death neighbours said that they could, they'd spotted him wandering around a park looking ill and confused and the police also think that he was aimlessly wandering around town for a few days before his death now shockingly obviously he was found on the 8th he was already dead yeah. Courtney, Courtney Love OD'd on the, on the 7th of April whilst everybody was looking for him so she's cancelling his credit cards because she wants him to be okay and not be a junkie. But meanwhile, she's overdosing whilst all this is going on. Yeah, so, yeah. And you've got a kid. It's just fucking, fucking nuts, isn't it? Yeah. And then there's like, um, have you seen the image of him holding that shotgun, that assault, no, it was an assault rifle or machine gun with it in his mouth and the band members around him all smiling and laughing at the camera and he's sit- I'll put that on as well and he's sort of in the middle with a fucking gun in his mouth. Um, yeah, I'm just, now, find, man. yeah I'm just trying to find some footage, like, well, footage, you know what I mean? Some pictures. pictures of it, yeah, yeah. He also said it was better to burn out than to fade away yeah. and that in his suicide note he said he killed himself because he didn't want to put Francis through a divorce. What? You put- you're, you're fucking up your, your own child the way that you you hated your parents doing to you but you're doing it in, fuck, in a worse way, man. Yeah. That's fucking yeah, but it, it maybe though he he doesn't see it like that. But he obviously doesn't because he you know he wouldn't have done it surely. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's um, it's it is <laughs> fucking crazy what the, what can happen to you. Yeah, how you can spiral out of control. And I want to mention here like Nirvana and Plugged as well. If you listen to Nirvana, you'll hear him screaming and shouting. They got a, you got a lot of people saying, "Nah, man, you're not a very good singer. You're just shouting behind distorted guitars." When they did Nirvana Unplugged, which is just a breakdown, almost in, completely acoustic. Yeah, he could sing like a fucking legend. It was an absolute fucking. His, his voice was amazing. So check that out. Absolutely, go and check uh, Nirvana Unplugged out. This, that's it. Yeah, this ain't him. No, but that's it's, not it's, him. it's 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 um, that's like, like a rec- recreation sort of thing. Yeah, of it. that's that's and it, you're right with that. If they're right with by that, it's just the blood on the side. There's no like face gone and all that. Well, I, I read mean. the. I mean, I think we mentioned it when we did an episode before, but it, it was apparently a uh, um, a lower caliber shotgun, and the, the the he bought that so he could he wasn't going to hit anybody running around the house if he shot at a trespasser and missed and the, and he hit the wall. It's not going to go through. Yeah. It would be, you know, it'd be relatively safe. So that's why I, it penetrated his under his mouth, through his the top of his jaw, and into his head. But it didn't exit his head. Apparently, right? I don't fucking know. I might be wrong. Yeah. Okay. So that's that then, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, man. Kurt Cobain and Amy Winehouse. Fucking mad, isn't it? <coughs> cray, cray. All leads to drugs and shit, doesn't it? Yeah. Mixed up people. Well, thanks for listening. I've been whittling on long enough now. I thought it was going to be quite a long episode, but <clears throat> anyway, if you want to uh, contact us, you know what to do, people. Yeah. Just fucking find us. <laughs> just on Google, just type in Robots for Eyes. If you want um, um email us, obviously you can message us through Facebook and Twitter and stuff, um, and robotsforeyes at gmail.com. 
Yeah, man. Yeah. So uh, until next week, which will be the third and final instalment of the Sparrow Trilogy. Have a good week, everyone. We'll yeah, see man. you next weekend. See you later. I swear